This is the SBI Show, which really is the World Cup of soccer shows, and we're ready to give all of our listeners a red card. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me is Ivis Galarsep. What's cracking, man? Nothing much, Garrett. And uh, first, I'd like to say I'll apologize to our listeners because that was my idea for that intro. <laughs> uh, obviously, Garrett uh, would not. Actually, Garrett would say something that cheesy, but it was my idea this time. So <laughs> Thank, thanks, Ivis. I appreciate I'll take, that. I'll take full blame for that. One. Do, you, do you think that IRS guy went to bed later tonight when he did say that and just was thinking to himself, like, oh, man, that, w- that was gold what I said? He did. He did. You know, just like chuckling, did, chuckling in bed right Someone, there. someone should have did a meme with that, when, like right after he said it, and then they could have put some face sunglasses on him and then had Thug Life and put a little hip, little rap music there. Because <sighs> uh, that made his day. But yeah, no, it was a crazy day. Crazy night the night before. Uh, for those of for, for everyone who happened to be up late on a Tuesday night when it all started to pop off over in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just crazy how it all started to happen. And, you know, for everyone who's kind of had a sense that there's been corruption in FIFA for years, it, it, it was just crazy for it to like something legitimate to finally start happening in, in, in terms of going after FIFA. So I'm sure a lot of people stayed up pretty late last night because they just didn't know what was going to happen. Well, I'm old, so when I saw all that stuff last night, I was I just went to bed and figured I'll just wake up to the morning once everything comes to light. And when everything finally did come out, and you saw the list of names, you saw how much money was involved. Um, it, like you said, I mean, you know, it's there's been that sense for such a long time that something like this does exist. I mean, you look at the World Cup bids, just those alone. But yeah, right. I mean, to finally see it all actually happen, it's it's just it's it, it hasn't hit home. I mean, not until you know maybe some you know a week or two from now. As this continues, I mean, it just just doesn't seem like it's real yet. Well, I I think it'll really sink in once we see Seb Blatter in handcuffs. I think that'll be the day that everyone actually takes it seriously. I mean, I think people are already kind of taking it seriously, as they should, because these are legitimate – charges that and 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 you know the when you have guys being let out of hotels covered with bed sheets to yeah. hide their identities i mean it's it's real it's a real deal right so uh obviously they went after uh to start out with they went after concacaf and and conmebol uh, and, and found tons of corruption there uh tons of evidence uh, of of uh, misappropriated funds of embezzlement of of fraud, straight out fraud, uh, bribes, you name it. There's, there was all sorts of things in the report, uh, and I don't know if it. I don't know if it, anyone who followed Concacaf, anyone who's followed FIFA for years, I can't imagine you were that surprised by it. Uh, it's almost, it's kind of hilarious how blatant and how poorly disguised this stuff was. Um, well, anyone who's read read the books for years. This stuff has been out there, but finally we have a government that stepped up and actually looked into it. Yeah, as you say, you're exactly right. I mean, it's it's you know I, I think I you know I think I heard you earlier today say that in 2006 when you're at the World Cup, I mean the book did come out about the corruption, and then we had Chuck Blazer. What was that? I think a year or two ago, when kind of all those things started to come out too, and it just seems so convenient that here's all these things coming up. But you're right. I mean, finally someone did something, and I mean it is the U.S., but yes, yeah, so you had to focus on the region that we're in. But I mean, a lot of these guys, what people have to realize, I mean, a lot of these guys are high-ranking, important people that are directly connected to Seth Blatter. I did see one funny thing, Ivis. Someone already put together. The new FIFA 16 cover, and yep. it was a picture of Set Bladder in handcuffs. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was definitely this whole story was a was a boom for 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 uh, people who meme creators and, and and all that sort of thing. I, I even threw a few memes together. I mean, how could you not? Um, but it's crazy, man. Set Bladder, he's uh he's feeling the heat. He's feeling the heat, and uh, I want to see if this election happens on Friday. I gotta believe it's gonna be canceled. I mean, it's it would be it would be the height of absurdity. Uh, well, Set Bladder doesn't want to cancel. <laughs> 
Well, here's the thing, right? If here's what the way I do, I mean, the way I see it, and obviously they probably don't see it this way, but or maybe they don't. But if they have this election, he probably wins. He still probably wins. Exactly. Which is, but then that would be even worse because if he won, uh, it, it would the the world would be outraged. The world would be outraged. So I think right now it's too hot. Right now, if you're set bladder, step away. Let things cool off and then, you know, try again in a few months and then do the election. And then maybe there'll be less of a backlash. If you have this on Friday, it's just like a smack in the face to, to everyone who already doesn't believe you. Everyone who already thinks you're you're fully involved. And and, and here's the, the main takeaway anyone for anyone who hasn't quite figured this out or who hasn't put it together. I, I feel like people have started to put it together. No matter what is found, ultimately, Bladder has to go because there's only two scenarios. One is he did he handled everything. He was the ringleader. He pulled he pulled all the strings. He did everything. Or he's the he's just the dumbest ex- uh, president in the history of organizations. Mm-hmm. Like the, it's one or the other. So either way, you have to go. Either you go in handcuffs or you go in shame or you go in both. He can't stick. He can't possibly stick around much longer. Well, it has to be the first one. There's no way as president he just has no idea that all these things are going on. I just find that very, very strange to believe. Right. Well, I mean, there's I no way. that, but the, here's the thing. There's what you know and there's what you can prove. Exactly. Yeah, and if, exactly if, he's, right. if he's a good, if he's great, if he's really good at, at covering his tracks, maybe they never will find the smoking gun. Maybe they never will, uh, you know, cat, get him red-handed and, fi- and have the evidence they need to put him away. But, Maybe he's just that good. But still, even if that happens, even if he covered all of his tracks, if enough other people go down and if the organization is just shown to be that just corrupt and, and just awful, then then he has to go. Well, I, I, yes, I agree with you on that. But if you're in his shoes, Ivis, and if personally, if I was in his shoes, I'd be running on Friday for re-election. That's, that, that would be my first goal right now is to get re-elected. You know what I would do? I would here's what if I'm Seth Blatter and like mind you like Seth Blatter, like I think most people agree the guy is just uh, just a master criminal. If I'm Seth, if I'm Seth Blatter, I I I tell everyone the election's going to happen. I schedule it. I have it. Everybody shows up, and while everyone's getting ready for the election, I'm packing a bag full of money and I'm heading to either Qatar or Russia, <laughs> and and just and just hiding out. I mean, no, I, no, wait, no, no, no. Russia doesn't want them there. Russia's done a good job of somehow staying away from all of this. They'll, you know, Russia. I mean, Russia you know looks almost no. squeaky clean, you know, given all everything that's going on Vlad- right now. Vladimir Putin does not care what people think. Vladimir Putin is – him and Vladimir are boys. I get that sense. I get the sense that they're boys, um, you know, despots uh, 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 tend to tend to like get along. So maybe that's what it is that, you know, dictators get along. I don't know what it is, but I, I feel like he – I feel like Vladimir's got some places he can hide. And I have a feeling he's got money stashed everywhere. What's what's that thing in the comics? What is that? Like the Legion of Supervillains? Is if, if Putin and Sepplatter have to clearly be in it then if they're hanging out together? <laughs> uh, I can't remember the name now. Is it? I can't remember either. I think that's is what it, it is. Or I don't know. I know what you're talking about. It's like the event. Not the Avengers. The X Men. They had that. Uh, but I don't know, man. It, it, I can't. Like for me, if he's still the president of FIFA a year from now. Then, then something's just really wrong. It's gone down because I can't. Uh, he can't just. St- you can't have it where everyone around him is found guilty. I mean, his sons have already like. I, know. I don't know if they've already pled guilty, but they they've already been caught red-handed. His sons have already been snagged. They dead to rights. It's it's all uh, not his sons. I'm sorry, Jack Warner's sons. Jack Warner. I, I've gotten off tangent, but Jack Warner is another example. A guy who's completely in denial. He he he, he insists he did nothing wrong. 
But if enough of these people are caught, somebody's got to have something on, on Sepp Blatter. And maybe Jack Warner's that guy. Well, speaking of Jack Warner, the former CONCACAF president, he was also a FIFA former FIFA um, vice president. I mean, I was, this is a guy that we already knew that was corrupt based off his dealings with, with Chuck Blazer that did come him out. So when you, look at, when you look at guys who have been arrested in this, I mean, it comes as no surprise that he's one of these guys on this list. Well, I think if anyone, if you want to talk about someone who has ha- has had a reputation for a long time of kind of being thought of as a criminal, it's Jack Warner. And I got to say, it's crazy that it's taken this long for someone to come knocking on his door. I mean, as much as people want to talk about Seth Blatter, I feel like there's been more dirty laundry out there on Jack Warner for longer than there has been for Seth Blatter. Uh, and here he is, you know, he, he like uh, Jack Warner kind of reminds me of Hyman Roth a little bit from the old, the Godfather movie where he's, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm a retired guy on a pension. I'm, 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 you know, I'm just living my life over here. That's my old, this, that's my old life. I, I didn't do it. You know, I'm, I'm not, that's not me anymore. And it's like, listen, man, you did decades of dirt. You, you stole millions of dollars. You don't just get to keep that and live your life because you walked away from it. It doesn't have, it doesn't work that way. You eventually have to pay for the crimes that you committed, and he and and that that time's coming. And uh, as smart as he is, as smart as he may think he is, he I just can't imagine he's going to get away with this. It, yeah, it was, you just look at his career. I mean, he also has something where he's tied in to the Haitian earthquake. It's just it, yeah, with him that was like a total slam dunk. Another guy whose name in Concacaf is current president Jeffrey Rett with Jeffrey Webb, which I mean is a total black guy for the region, Ivis. But at the same time, good to get these guys out of office. Right. That that one was a little uh, I'd say it was a little disappointing to see that just because Webb seemed to have a pretty good reputation. Um, he, he, he came he obviously stepped in uh, in the post Jack Warner era. And, and you had the sense that he was really highly regarded in FIFA and that he had a bright future. And he seemed like a pretty smart guy. But I mean, not only was he corrupt, but he wasn't really good at, at concealing his corruption and that. I mean, if you're gonna be a crook, if you're gonna be a criminal, then be a good one, right? Don't be one that's like sloppy and just leaves just evidence everywhere, and and, and you're gonna get caught so easily. And he, so he's done. I mean, it, it's safe to say he's done. I can't imagine he gets out of this whole deal. Uh, and now we'll see what happens with Concacaf. And I've been saying it. I, I feel like I've been on like five radio shows today. Uh, so you're, hopefully, you're, a, you're welcome. By the way, well, I was yeah. Thanks, Garrett. Garrett hooked me up. I got on a couple of Arizona shows. Uh, you know they didn't know anything about soccer, but it was still it was still cool to be on <laughs> well, on these shows. Welcome to Arizona. <laughs> well, hey, it is what it is. That's why you're there. You're the king. You're the king of Arizona soccer. <laughs> yeah, which, yeah. Which not, it's not, why do I feel not, like that's not really? It's not saying a lot, but you know, hey, yes, start somewhere. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, <laughs> but back to the point. Um, I don't even know what the point was. Now, so you lost my. <laughs> we're talking. <laughs> what were we talking? We're talking about Concacaf and and what is and what does the region do going forward? Oh yeah, exactly. So I was just you know I've been saying in, in the multiple shows on it's like. What happens next, and who steps in to fill the void? And what I'd like to see is, you know, we, we've always we've all kind of made fun of Concacaf through the years, kind of ha- as as being mismanaged, disorganized. Well, hopefully now, if you get some real uh, smart leadership, some not not corrupt leadership in there, that that you'll see the organization run more smoothly, uh, or uh, competitions run better, uh, the smaller or the smaller countries treated better. And, 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 you know, that all those millions that have been getting funneled into the corrupt politicians, into the corrupt officials will hopefully make it make its way to those countries that need the help. And I know, if you know, for those U.S. fans that could care less about other countries in the at the end of the day, it helps the U.S. 
to have a strong CONCACAF. Of and course. To have, and have even the smaller countries get better and improve. It just helps the the, the confederation overall. So uh, I think that'll be great to see if, and God willing, there's someone can step up uh, who, who who doesn't have any dirt on them and can actually uh, run this organization. Who Who's on that short list, Ivis? And I have no idea. I mean, look, well, what's funny enough, like, so Sunil Galati is someone who I think the current U.S. soccer president, he's someone who, when you want to talk about FIFA as a whole, he, he he's kept his nose clean, at least you know publicly. He he's never been a guy who's who's kind of been tied into these all these you know, corruption allegations or anything. He's kept his nose clean. You, you think maybe he's someone who's going to play a role going forward. I know Prince Ali is the guy who's running against Blatter and, uh, right now and who maybe he's probably going to become FIFA president if, if Blatter gets forced out. But I have it would not shock me if down the road uh, Sunil Galati's got a pretty important role in FIFA. Yeah. I, right away, he's the first person I'm thinking of that I think could do a good job. And I think you're exactly right. Supporting our region is important. We don't want just the U.S. and Mexico and then everyone else to be, you know, minnows of the poor. We don't right. want to a strong region, you know? Yes, exactly. Um, Canada finally figured things out. Let's start there. That will that will never happen. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll be you know eighty years old when that once, happens. Yeah, yeah. Like hey, one step at a time. We can't work miracles. Yeah. No, uh, with some other things though, with the fallout of all of this, uh, with the hundred fifty million dollars, the corruption, all that going forward, I've is sponsors. No one has dropped out yet though, but there has been some rumblings, which is kind of the way everything's going. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see, I was how you know over the next year or two how everything will play out in FIFA. Because the other thing, too, I mean, if Subbatter, let's say, indeed does come back, do the sponsors commit or do they all pull out? There's a lot of money involved, you know? And I, and I think it, money talks, and I think I think the corporations, uh, the, the the corporate sponsors, they they ultimately have the power, but they have to use that power. And I think I think they, they've ignored the writing on the wall for too long, and, and now they have no choice but to... to, to you know, act and to and to notice it because when the attorney general for of the United States is the one leading the charge uh, into into corruption charges, then you have to take that seriously. And and so if you're, you know, any any of these corporate sponsors, uh, you, it's not looking good for you. It it is not looking good for you to continue to be tied to an organization that refuses to change, that refuses to clean itself up. Which is why I really think. Ultimately, they're the ones that are going to put the real pressure. Now, obviously, you know, uh, handcuffs are, are a big motivator, and and jail time and arrests is go- that, that's going to help clean up things to a certain extent. But uh, I think it's going to take the corporate sponsors to really start applying serious pressure, so we get wholesale changes, so we get a change in the entire atmosphere and the entire climate in fifa because it's just inherently corrupt it's been it was corrupt before bladder it's gotten even more corrupt and i had to say i mean i've i've kind of you know i i've peeked behind the curtain so to speak through my years uh, of covering the sport i mean i still remember i, I had dinner with uh, I, I i won't say who it was with but i had dinner with someone with ties to fifa in, in 2010 at the world cup in south africa and i actually went to the official fifa hotel in johannesburg and I went up in there, and it was like it was just it was an absurdly decadent place, and and, and uh, you know like the, where the dining area, the restaurant was. It was just like it just felt like it was like corruption central. It really it just felt it just felt like it just felt wrong to be there. And I'm sitting there, I'm looking around, and I'm just like, wow, this is this is crazy. And you just knew something was wrong. So I think 
for me, those days have to be over, and we'll, we'll see if cha- we'll see if real change happens, and I think it will. Uh, going forward, though, the important thing, Ivis, is what's going to happen with the World Cups, which that's now interesting because the United States could be in play. First one coming up here is the 2018 in Russia. Also crazy to think that in just a few months, it's only three years away. That's not too, that's not too long away. However, the 2022 in Qatar, that one, Ivis, that's where kind of all the scrutiny has been on with all the with all the worker deaths, the migrants coming from. Nepal, the corruption just to begin with. I mean, is there a legit opportunity for FIFA to take that away and do a revote for the 2022 World Cup? I think they're going to have to. Um, and look, let's start with Russia. As of right now, I think it looks like Russia's done a great job of, of hiding their dirt. They've done a great job of of not being caught red-handed with, with, with corruption claims, with bribes. It, 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 listen, hats off to Vladimir Putin. He's done a great job, apparently. Uh, or maybe they ran a clean uh, a clean campaign. I know, I know, I know. It's crazy as it doubt sounds. Like, yeah, I doubt it too. But let's talk about Qatar. It, it's, there, there's so much evidence that, that of, of, of just shady dealings. And now with the, the human rights violations, the deaths, there's so much wrong with this bid. There's so much wrong that it had. There has to be a change there. There has to be, and I think corporate sponsors are going to ultimately push for that. Now, does that mean the U.S.? I mean, it'd be nice, but it doesn't have to mean the U.S. As long as it's not in Qatar. That's all. You know what? Have it in Australia. I, I'm, I'm that. I, that'd be great. Have it there. Have it. You know. Have it in England. Where, wherever you're going to have. Wherever you're going to have it, it can't be in Qatar. And and I really think it's not. I don't think it's going to be. I, I, I. Yes, I, I see what you're saying. But now, what happens to all the money that the country has spent? Yes, I know it was corrupt, but no one will care. I, I'm, I bet that, no but gonna the country is going to care, though. Oh, 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 I don't, Qatar. I don't, I don't know, man. They, 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 they wasted some money. Qatar, they have how much money Qatar has? And the thing is, no one is going to care if it comes to light that they did things in a shady way. If they, if they blatantly bribed officials, if they blatantly bribed their way to getting the World Cup, no one is going to care. That if they lose it, no one's gonna be, no one's gonna feel sorry for them because they lost their money. Oh, sorry, did you lose hundreds of millions of dollars trying to, you know, steal a World Cup? Poor you. Like, no, no one's gonna care. No one's gonna, you know what? Like, no, absolutely, no one's gonna care. No one's gonna feel bad for Qatar because you know what? They tried to pull this off, and you know what? Shame on them. Shame on them for for all all the shady dealings that we've heard of. And then shame on them for the thousands of deaths of yeah. worker death. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, I don't know if you saw the graphic where it showed like how many workers, how many workers have died in 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 the preparations and constructions of facilities for World Cups and Olympics. And 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 you know, some of the other events, other World Cups, other Olympics would be like one, two uh, maybe twelve, London. and then and and there was like thousands. It's crazy. It's insane. So for me, it, 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 that would be the biggest shame. And 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 I know some people will look at it, especially people obviously outside the U.S. are going to look at it and say, "Oh, the Americans, they just want that World Cup. They just want that World Cup. They they don't really care about." cleaning things up listen i don't care if it's here it'd be great if it was here but it, have it in australia have it in have it any you notice i'm i'm, I'm really pushing off for australia i'm just want to say that yeah why, why you want australia it, so bad i've never been there it's the only inhabited continent that i haven't been to i yet. feel like so you don't it, want that world gonna, cup because the rest of the world's just gonna be like yeah you know it's gonna be like russia came out and made a statement that you i think i forget what russia said but it was a typical like russia thing like oh the u.s is purposely doing this thing going after all these things yeah, I mean, you know what? Here, here's for me. I mean, ideally, if, I mean, if I could just wave a magic wand, the twenty, the twenty eighteen World Cup will be in England. The 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 twenty two World Cup 
would be in Australia, and then have the twenty six World Cup in U.S. There you go, right there. Knock them, knock it out. Keep you know, keep it kind of rotating in confederations. And yes, I know they're all English speaking countries. I get it, but you know what? Hey, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> twenty okay, twenty twenty two. That could happen. Twenty twenty six, twenty eighteen. It's it's staying in Russia. I just, I, I, there's no way that's moving. Well, you know what? Listen, a lot three years. You know what? And this, here's the crazy thing: if something really bad happens with Russia, something like I mean, let's let's say there's a, really let's say bad. war. I mean, look, they hello, they like just gone in and grabbed the U and grab Ukraine. I mean, that's not that's pretty bad in itself. So it's already kind of going down a slippery slope. So let's just say hypothetically, for some reason, mm-hmm. Russia loses it and, and they lose it with not a whole lot of time in between. Then who? Hey, who knows? Maybe the U.S. is hosting a World Cup in three years. Maybe we could just give it back to Brazil. I, you know what? No, oh, I'd love that. But uh, no, <laughs> I know you. <laughs> no, England. Listen, England. Uh, they haven't had it in like forty. It was it forty years. I think. Uh, when was the last one? Nineteen sixty-six. So it's almost fifty years. It's going to be more than fifty years by twenty eighteen. It's the quote-unquote birthplace of the sport. They have this. They have the facilities. They have the stadiums. They just had the Olympics. Um, have it there. Have it there. I have no problem with them having. I mean, it'll be expensive. Zell. I mean, we, we anyone who try. Although the dollar's getting stronger right now, but who knows? But uh, but it would be great. It'd be great if it was in England. And and I, I feel like they they tried to run their campaign. They tried to run their bid for that World Cup in a clean fashion. At least it seems it anyway. So you know what? Have it in England. But Russia, man. I mean, I don't know. I. I I hope they don't get it, but I think I, I agree with you. I think it's going to stay there. England could go for the 2026 World Cup, and that would mark the 60th anniversary. Really? You think anyone? You know, you think they want to wait around that long? Not happening. I'm just saying, you know, 60 sounds a little bit better. You than Russia is 52. Russia, it, listen, if Russia, if Russia gets it, then that's a European European country getting the World Cup, and you're not going to have a European country get in the, the, the World Cup in the, the next, like, one oh, over, yeah, that's right? True, that's true, that's true. So that's, the, again, you have to think about the, yeah, the, the rotation. True. So that's why I think... There's England, no, there is no rotation, though, Ivis, come on. Eh, the, I mean, the, the new, new FIFA is not going to change that. In fairness, there'd be a rotation. But, hey, look, at actually, it's so far. It's the, it, 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 Before 2018, I mean, what'd you have? You, have, so you, have, you, have, you, have Asia, you had Asia in 2002. You had Europe in 06. You had Africa in 2010. Yeah, South America. So, I mean, really, I mean, the U.S. really should have Concacaf should be hosting the 2018 World Cup. Let's be real. But anyway, that's a whole that's a whole other discussion. Well, they 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 didn't they take away the rotation and it, yeah, it would, it would have been the U.S.'s turn, right? Yeah, that was convenient. That's yeah, convenient. I know, right? It, exactly. What can you do? <sighs> well, the U.S. government can take the FIFA people out. So there you go. All right. <laughs> that's another, yeah, we don't need to. You know what, people? Listen, I, I get the feeling that people around the world are actually feeling pretty good about the U.S. right now because of the way this has been handled. But you don't want to overstep. You don't want to no. overstep. That's why, for me, you know what? I don't care if the U.S. gets the the, the, the twenty two World Cup. It'd be great. But if they don't get it, as long as it's not and like it was it A B Q, not Albuquerque, but anyone but Qatar. There you go. <laughs> hashtag. Let's get that hashtag going. A B Q. And just as Americans were starting to feel good on Wednesday regarding all these FIFA corruptions, the U.S. U-23s get blown out by France in the Toulon tournament in France. Um, I was not a good first game for the U.S. on European soil. <laughs> not a good game. That's an understatement. I'm trying that's to be like nice. I mean, they're, they're that's kids. Like FIFA had a disappointing morning on Wednesday. <laughs> I mean, come on. They, they, they look awful. I mean... It was it was unbelievable. I mean, look, this obviously look, it's France. 
it's the toughest of the three teams they're going to face uh, in the group stage of the Toulon tournament. But still, it, 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 like to, to get played off the park the way they did, and I know even though this wasn't the full full strength France team, and and thank Lord it wasn't because the full strength U twenty three French team would would just eviscerate this group, <laughs> this U.S. group that that showed up at the tournament. But still, it was just shocking how how overmatched and just how not ready, how not they just didn't look ready. And it was it wasn't just one or two guys; it was multiple guys. Who just did not look ready to play, and and obviously part of that is a lot of these guys are not playing first team uh, soccer anywhere, and a few of them are, are looking for jobs right now. Will Packwood, Cody Cropper, both currently unattached. Cody Cropper recently uh, parted ways with with Southampton, mm-hmm. and and this isn't this is a big problem when you want to talk about the, talk about this particular age group. It has been a problem for some year for a few years now. When you're talking about that eighteen to twenty three. Uh, th- this is, I mean, in the rest of the world, these are. This is the age when your 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 players are are becoming pros and getting regular playing time, and there are not enough Americans doing that. That's been the case for a while, and now you look at this group of all these players that we've heard of for for years who who are supposed to be good prospects, and then they get on the field and they get completely dominated and and embarrassed. So uh, it's unfortunate, but you know what? To be fair, it's not the full U twenty three team. Um, hopefully, hopefully, when you get the full group together, when you get a John Brooks, you get a DeAndre Yedlin, Rubio Rubin, Emerson Hindman, um, maybe it's a, you know ho- it can't be worse. I mean, it was terrible, but hopefully, it's a better it's a better looking team, and hopefully, some of these guys who look atrocious on Wednesday, you know what? Hopefully, they're in better situations where they're getting regular playing time, and they look closer to what we expected than what we saw on Wednesday. Well, but that's the problem too, Ivis, and then that it's yes, bringing these guys in will help out this U twenty three team. But that's still no guarantee that's going to make them a better team. It's it's a lack of depth when depth when you look at this roster and you're right. You look at playing time. I mean, who's getting the most playing time? I think Dylan Serna is getting the most playing time. Maybe after him is Tyler Turner. And and these are these they're okay players. They're not exactly killing it in MLS right now. It's it's that this age group I miss is. I mean, you don't, you don't want to say it, but on the fast track to not make another Olympics. Uh, well, here's the thing, and I wrote about it for for goal uh, on Tuesday night and dropped on Wednesday morning. Uh, it's actually the way the, the Olympic qualifying set, uh, tournament set up now. It's actually even less likely that the U.S. is not going to make it because it's being played on a FIFA date. Uh, the not the, the all important matches are going to be played in a FIFA window, which means uh, Andy Herzog can call in his his he can call in everybody. He can call everybody that is of age. Everybody's eligible. Uh, and whereas, you know, when Caleb Porter was in Olympic qualifying with, with the team in 2012, uh, you didn't have Josie Altador, Timmy Chandler, Danny Williams, Alfredo Morales. They were missing a lot of guys who European clubs would not release. Uh, this time around, Andy Herzog can bring in John Brooks. He can bring in DeAndre Yedlin, Rubio Rubin, Emerson Hyman, all these guys. So from that standpoint, you got to think they have, they, they'll have enough firepower to qualify. Now, having said that, as a group, does this team have enough to actually do something at the Olympics? Because it's all well and good to want to go to the Olympics. You can't, but do you want to go there and just get embarrassed? Do you want to go there and just get completely dominated, played off the park? Like that, that, that looking at this group right now, a lot of these guys need to just step up. Will Packwood, I mean, we're talking about a guy who was starting for Birmingham uh, a year ago, a year and a half, two years ago before the, the, the broken legs. And now he's kind of, you know, he looked he looked horrible. He looked horrible. He he didn't couldn't get a contract with New England. Obviously, we don't know all the details about that. And he's he doesn't have a he doesn't have a club right now. So you got someone like him, Mark Pelosi, who didn't look great uh, on the day either. Julian Green. I mean, Julian Green didn't exactly uh, stand out in this game either. So 
It's uh, well, what's, you, what's you, going you, on with Julian Green? I don't know, man. He, no, he it, looks like he is. He hasn't progressed. I don't want to say he's regressed, but he just he just hasn't improved. Well, the guy hasn't. He didn't play. I mean, think about it. Not only did he not play, at least you know before when he was with Bayern and he was playing fourth division, uh, scoring a ton of goals on a, in a lower division. At least he was playing regularly, growing, gaining confidence. Uh, when you have to sit on a on a useless loan for a year, not play, and just deal with that frustration. I mean, that wears you down. That's got to bring you down a ton. And that's not to say that oh, if he had gone somewhere else. He would have been a stud. He would have played. He would have been amazing, scoring goals left and right. But that does set you back. That costs you. That that ends up. Uh, that stunts your growth. And and right now, obviously, the sense you get is Bayern is going to loan him again. But hopefully, they're going to do a lot better job of of, of putting him in a position uh, to succeed. But when I looked at him in this game, it looked like a guy who is coming off a, a forgettable year. And he's joining a team he doesn't know. He hasn't played with these guys. He hasn't played with this group of players. He was he was at the World Cup, but this particular group of guys that he showed up with. I mean, he how many how long had he even trained with these guys, right? So I mean, uh, from that standpoint, it looked like that. It looked like he totally didn't did not not only did he not know like couldn't read his teammates, but you felt like there wasn't a connection there. You felt like like th- these aren't his boys like he doesn't know these guys yet and and hopefully over time maybe that develops and and, and he, he develops a, a connection and better understanding with these guys but right now man i mean he, for for a guy who's supposed to be the the star of this age group or one of them sure he didn't look it he didn't uh, look it at all um some positives from the match though jordan morris scored a goal and looked really good throughout the match when he when 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 he was involved more in the play, the U.S. looked better in the attack. Like I said scored the goal. I mean, I, he, he continues to have some good appearances for the U.S. senior team, and not for the U twenty threes. Well, look. First of all, no one looked good in the first half. Let's just put that out there right now. No one did. But second, hey, look. Second half, Jordan Morris, man. He's not. <laughs> uh, if you want to put the phrase Jordan Morris, he's not not just goals against Mexico anymore. Like, hey, look. It was good to see him score a goal against someone other than Mexico. Uh, he's he's a, he's an exciting prospect. I mean, he still he needs polish, and and no anyone and bef- no one even dared talk about him having a regular role with the senior team because it's not that time yet. He's in the right age group, U twenty three. He's going to be a key part of that Olympic qualifying campaign. Uh, and yes, he is. He was one of the few, if not the only, bright spot from this match. Going forward, it, it does slightly improve for the US U twenty threes. They take on the Netherlands next. Then after that, they have Costa Rica, and then they have uh, Qatar. But, I mean, it just looks like another extremely tough matchup for them against the Netherlands on May 29th. It does. It does. And, uh, and you know, I watched a little bit of the the Netherlands-Costa Rica game, and, and, they, tore, and they tore into Costa Rica early on, and, and they let them get back in the game. But, I mean, it's going to be if, – if they don't tighten things up defensively, I mean, they're going to get shredded again. Uh, and – I don't think it's going to, you know, you came into this Toulon tournament to kind of hope, hope that the team would grow together and develop an understanding. And, and, and no one was talking about them winning anything, winning the tournament, but at least show show something. And and I think for the second match, if you're Andy Herzog, you've got to shake some things up. Uh, but, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't I don't see them winning. I mean, all you can hope for really against the Netherlands is, is a is a respectable performance. Even if they lose, at least if they if they look like they belong in the same field with them, that would be an improvement. Well, speaking of respectable performances, the U.S. Open Cup third round was played on Wednesday, and I was the USL smoked NASL, blowing them out of the water. Seven USL teams beat 
seven USL teams won their games against NASL teams. There were also some other games uh, played. But, man, dude, USL flexing its muscle on Wednesday night, Ivis. It was an absolute beatdown. It really was. And, uh, you know, it's... <laughs> It's crazy. It's crazy. It really is. And uh, if you, I don't know anyone that would have bet on NASL getting swept by USL. But I, I tell you what, man, talk about an awful day for NASL. I mean, they have the the former chairman of the board of governors of the NASL and the and and the owners of one of their clubs, uh, Aaron Davidson and Traffic Sports, get caught up in this whole FIFA mess. Uh, Davidson arrested, and now Traffic Sports is—they've been kicked out of NASL. Basically, the, the, uh, you have all that go down during the day, and then at night, all your almost all but two of your teams get eliminated. I mean, it was—I mean, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And look, obviously, NASL teams are are, are focused. You know, they they they, they have—they don't have deep benches. They're focusing on on their league play, and, and maybe you know what. They, they just got caught slipping, and and it's it was a great day for USL, man. And I know a lot of people are going to look at that and say, hey, wait a minute. So who's the real second division here? You know, it's like I'm sure there's going to be a little bit of that talk, which I'm sure MLS is going to love because we all know MLS w- would love nothing more than for NASL to kind of shrink away into obscurity and have NASL prosper because they already have their ties with USL. But uh, yeah, man, I I I'm I was shocked. Seven, seven, seven and oh. I mean, you know, I mean, after seeing Chula Vista, you know, embarrass <laughs> Arizona United, I figured, oh, USL, they're 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 done for this year. But they came back strong. <laughs> uh, no comment. Yeah, I know. What, what am I gonna say to that? Sac- well, hey, like Sacramento went out and smashed them seven to three, bringing it back down to reality a little bit. So. They're an amateur. They're a team of amateurs. <laughs> Are you kidding? They're like a step above your co-ed team, and they look, they pretty much are. Look, it, it was it was two to one. It was actually Sacramento was leading two to one. Uh, I don't know if it was in the early second half, but it was two. It was actually a game for a decent part of this of, of that game. So listen, man, hats if, if anyone's listening from the Chula Vista. That look, hats off to that team. For 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 getting as far as they did, and then taking the bus ride to, from Chula Vista all the way up to Sacramento, uh, and then and then you know I mean, that's a long drive. That's a long ride. I would so look, say that's what almost like ten hour drive probably. I don't Ooh. want to think about that. I really don't. That's I don't horrible. Think about horrible. Hats off, hats off to them, and hopefully you know what I, I don't know if it's true or not, but hopefully they they uh, they got the furthest in the in their in their level and then they get they they do i believe they receive bonus a bonus uh for being the the team that advanced the furthest in their particular level uh they did not ivis because psa elite a team from the irvine area beat ventura county fusion a pdl team what yeah yes. i did see that I did so see psa that. elite is in the fourth round and i'm not sure who they're playing but they're in the fourth they're round. Oh, the galaxy. yeah, they're playing the galaxy. Yeah, hello, Whew. congratulations. You beat. Hey, you beat. Well, yeah. hey, speaking of matchups, Cosmos playing NYCFC. Oh baby, there it is. <laughs> That's like the that, listen NASL. They are hanging their hat on the Cosmos. They need they talk, talk about pressure. The Cosmos have to win that game. They have to redeem NASL. They have to give NASL NASL some hope. And I'm going to be there. I will be at Short Stadium mm-hmm. for Cosmos NYCFC. I really want to see how both these teams uh, approach this game. I'm sure the Cosmos will have their full. St- I, w- I would like to think Cosmos will have their full strength team. Now, if you're the if you're NYCFC, 
you ha- like and and again to not not to touch on it from last year, but the, I feel like the New York Red Bulls went about it the wrong way. They went and played the Cosmos. They sat starters, and they paid the price. Uh, and and I, look, they didn't sit all their starters, but they did sit. Look, Henri didn't play, uh, and they lost that game. And and I feel like that was a black that was a big black mark for the for the Red Bulls losing to the Cosmos uh, in their first official meeting. And now NYCFC, hopefully they learn from that mistake, and hopefully they bring their full squad. Hopefully David Villa's there. Hopefully you know all you know they they hope they bring everybody. And we get a really good glimpse of of of, of the levels, and and so we can get a, a true sense of how far, what the what the gap is, what the difference is between a Cosmos and an NYCFC. Uh, some other good matchups. I'll quickly go through. I think I have is one of the intriguing ones. You got Sporting Kansas City uh, taking on St. Louis FC, Houston Dynamo, Austin Aztecs, Colorado Rapids, Colorado Spring Switchbacks, San Jose Sacramento, Seattle, Portland. And the, that's about it. Those those look like awesome matchups in the fourth round. Well, obviously Seattle Portland is going to be great. Yes. Um, you know, the, anytime they play, it's great. But then, obviously, in the cup competition, there have been some memorable open cup meetings between these teams. So that one's going to be an absolute cracker. Uh, and then, obviously, Cosmos NYCFC. Man, I, I can't I can't wait for that one. The other ones, I think, I think it's tough to see the underdogs pulling them out. I think I think when you look at you know Sporting KC Houston. Uh, and look, that's what the, that's what the tournament's about, right? Upsets, and and hopefully you can get a couple, at least a couple of upsets. But I think the, some of those are are asking a lot. Well, I gotta it's, say, it's well, it's the other thing too is it's nice to see the, you know, the expansion of USL, NASL, because now you're getting these awesome regional matchups where it's not just some throwaway preseason game that doesn't mean anything. You know, it's just it's it's at, it's it, this is adding the growth of American soccer. Obviously, adds to the US Open Cup. I mean, that's a no brainer. But for some reason, I feel like saying that. No, it's great, man. It's great. I mean, and, and look, tonight, obviously, everyone talks about MLS and ASL, but look, NASL and USL, there, there is obviously a rivalry there. You had the split, uh, the kind of breakaway NASL forming its own its own league, uh, but it was cool to see, you know, like the, the reaction in St. Louis when they beat Minnesota tonight, uh, the fans storming the field. I mean, it means something to them. So it, it's great to see, man. And and the thing is that the, the Open Cup, it, 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 it deserves more attention. It definitely does. Mm-hmm. And And... I thought it was absolutely amazing to to be able to go online on Wednesday night and find HD streams of of all these games. Of I mean, credit to uh, the U.S. Open Cup site; uh, they do such a great job of covering the tournament. and And they had a page full of of all the streams, and it was so it was so impressive how many high quality streams were available. And I mean, let's I mean, you want to go back four or five years. I mean, I remember covering the Open Cup back in 2000, and you know we're spoiled now. I think it's easy, especially for younger younger fans now. They don't realize how spoiled they are, how much how good they have it. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, these third, ki- these kids nowadays, kids these days, they don't get it. <laughs> third round Open Cup games in HD online, like oh my god, that's unbelievable. <laughs> so you know, it, it's great to see, and I'm 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 looking forward to this next round because hopefully, the, I, I, look, no offense to anyone, I hope there's a couple upsets. You always want to see upsets, of course. So who are we rooting? Your, who are we rooting for? PSA Elite now for the rest I'm of the tournament. Not rooting it. Come Look, on, man! Say, the the lowest rooting. division team. We're root, we are rooting for them. I don't, I, uh, if there was a look, if the jer- look, if the Jersey Express is that that's their team. That's their name, right? The yes, team. they lost if to the they, Cosmos, though. Right now, if they had won, I'd be rooting for them because look, Jersey, you got to represent Jersey, right? You got to got to support Jersey. But uh, I'm not rooting. But I will say, man, if the uh, Cosmos, man, they're at, they'll be at home. It's going to be oh, a rocking atmosphere. I think they're going to beat NYCFC, man. Oh my! Goodness. I know that's not a huge like 
shocker of a pick, but I think they're going to do it. Okay, fine. The Cosmos can be your team. PSA Elite will be my team. I'll see you in the finals, Ivis. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know if FIFA, I don't know if FIFA 15 has that. Has that <laughs> all right, moving away from the U.S. Open Cup real quickly, the fourth round, those games we all discussed, they'll be played June 16th and June 17th. Starting this weekend is the 2015, or we are in 2015, uh, FIFA U20 World Cup. The U.S. men's national team, they're in a favorable group, Ivis, uh, with Ukraine, New Zealand, who is the host, and Myanmar, who's making their first ever international appearance. Uh, this U20 team looks pretty talented, Ivis. They look pretty deep. I think it's going to be some really good, exciting soccer to watch. Some of these guys are even getting uh, some MLS minutes right now. And, and this is a really good opportunity for a lot of these guys, Ivis, to step up. And the U.S. looks like it has a legit opportunity to perform well in this upcoming World Cup. Right. I mean, they're, 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 it's set up for them to do well. And, and it's it's crazy to think how different uh, a path it is for them now than it was two years ago. When they had, uh, was it Spain, Ghana, and France? Was it? I mean, they they yes. legitimately play. They you want to talk about group of death? I mean, there has been no group in any FIFA competition that I can remember that was more group of death worthy than that group. Because you could honestly argue that the that that their group, the U.S.'s group, had three of the top four teams in the entire tournament. Um, France won it, right? France won it. Uh, Ghana did Ghana get to the final? I think they might have gotten in the final, or at no, least the semifinal. I'll tell semifinal. you right now. France won it, and Ghana won the third-place match. They beat, Ghana, Iraq, they beat Iraq in the third-place match. Right. So, yeah. So, they they lost the, they lost the champion. They lost the third-place team. And then Spain, who didn't get out of the group, or or, or who was – Spain came into the tournament as one of the favorites. So, think about that two years ago. And now, fast forward to this year, you have, you have a much easier road. Uh, and it's tricky. It's tricky. You want to see what Tab Ramos' side can do. Uh, and yes, they have the talent, um, but I don't know. The qualifying tournament didn't leave me uh, fully convinced that they're going to plow through top level competition. They'll get through the. Gr- they're going to get through the group. Yes. I think, and I hope I don't, I'm not jinxing them by saying it, but I think they're going to get through the group. But then it's a whole other level once you get to the knockout rounds, and I don't know if they have the talent to really, really make an impact. You're going to need guys like Gideon Zellin to actually show some star power. Uh, Emerson Heinemann obviously is another top talent. You have Rubio Rubin, who's coming off a, a good season uh, in, in the Eredivisie. Uh, so, so you know, if you can get all those guys to 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 step up and really play to the level that people are hoping they could play at, yes, this U.S. team could make some noise in the in the knockout rounds. But first things first, this first game they have to win this first game. And look, it's not must win, but they should win. <laughs> they this should. Game. They, they should, should win this, win this game. And not just win, but really play some soccer, really score some goals, create chances, and play and show that they have quality. And I just feel like uh, the U.S. fans are starving for that, right? I mean, they're starving for a U.S. team uh, in an co- official competition to really just just dominate. Well, I, I, so they're, they're playing Myanmar. I mean, this should be an automatic win. Yay, man. What do you know? Hey, look, man. You never know. No, nah, yeah, all right. I mean, they should win, but I... <laughs> But that's the thing. They should like. No, does anyone like one zero? Like really? No, no it needs to be at least like twenty five to zero. Maybe twenty five to two. Three zero. Three. That's come on, go go for more, Ivis. I'm calling three zero because <laughs> they're gonna have to rest up. You know. And I know. I know. I'm, I'm I'm joking with that prediction, but yeah, it needs to be a convincing win. Even if it's two zero and you're and it's a like, dominant. Eh. You know, but if it's a dominant okay. performance from end to end, you know, they, oh, the right. other team gets only one shot on goal and you. Then I'll take that. You know what I mean? It needs to be dominant performance, total domination from. It's gonna set the tone. To the first game is gonna set the tone. 
And there's a lot of players that I know U.S. fans are going to be excited to yep. see for the first time. I mean, obviously, Zellalem is, is someone who, at this point, we don't really know what his role is going to be. He's, he's really new to the team. Is Ty, Ty Ramos going to stick him right into the starting lineup? Is he going to work him in slowly? Is he going to bring him off the bench? Um, you have him. You have the Savio Payne, who I think is someone who's going to end up being a starter. I know I know not everybody is projecting it as such, but I think the the grounding in defender is is a really talented, versatile defender. I see. I could definitely see him starting it right back for this team. You have Cameron Carter Vickers, the man child, who uh, I think is like only a couple months away. He's only a couple months short of being eligible for the U seventeen World Cup, and he is a beast. I mean, this kid. You want to talk about a kid that. Uh, if you're asking me if I could put money down for someone who's going to develop into a, World Cup, a U.S. World Cup starter, this kid has got some serious chops. So, I mean, I'm excited to see them play. Obviously, Zach Steffen, uh, who I've talked about uh, for, for years now on this show, uh, we get to see him on a big stage as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. And plus, a lot of these guys, as, as I discussed, I mean, a lot of these guys are getting serious minutes in, in Major League Soccer play. You know, it's just it's a lot of these guys, man, this, this age group right here, I don't. I don't want to jinx it, Ivis, but they. I mean, a lot of these guys have a bright future in front of them. You. You can. It's sad, but you can almost argue that it's better than the twenty Yeah, it's more promising. I wouldn't say better because I mean, I think yeah, more they, potential. More if they potential. played each other, you know, the age difference would probably kick in. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's more promising. There's a more pro- Emerson Hindman, Rubio Rubin, Paul Ariola, uh, Cameron Carter, Matt Miaska, a guy who mm-hmm. you know four or five months ago I, I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have rated highly, but. He's come in this year and, and and really done well with the Red Bulls with his minutes. Uh, Kellen Acosta, the the captain of the uh, well, he was a captain. Emerson Himes not a captain, but Kellen Acosta of Messi Dallas, is another talented player. You got T- Tommy Thompson, Bradford Jamison, uh, Jordan Allen. I mean, there's a lot of good players on here. Had to mention Jordan Allen, didn't you? you he's, he's, dude, Allen. he is a quality ah, player. He's your boy. I know. He's not, Mac, he, dude. He's Mac, also a quality oh, player. Come on, Mackie Tall. He scored against Australia in the friendly the other day. So, D- D- so Diego Sonora. I mean, there's a lot of na- there's a lot of names on this. We named the whole roster, I think. I think we named everybody. I think we did. Actually, my boy in this tournament's on New Zealand. His name is T Wanhongi. That's my just, boy in this tournament. I was. You just had to plug. him. I had guy. to plug him, man. I had to plug him. All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> this game is the tone setter, and if you don't know, the game will be played uh, Thursday night midnight. So Thursday night into Friday morning. So you have to stay up late. Uh, midnight to watch the show. We will we will be recording an SBI show after that uh, to discuss what happened in the game, and 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 have a weekend preview. So this is our yes. midweek uh, makeup for not having a Monday show because Garrett was hungover. Episode that's that's uh, not I, that was, is not true. I was on my was, best behavior at the wedding. No, you were Drake. You were on your worst behavior. <laughs> I wish, man. I, I, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm I kidding. wish. Uh, but yeah, no. But hey, listen. Thursday night, if you can stay up, stay up. If not, TiVo it. Because of this team, man, I think this team is going to be fun to watch, and, and I think they're going to do pretty well in this tournament. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Like you said, games are first one, Myanmar, uh, May 30th. Then you have New Zealand, June 2nd, and then you wrap up with Ukraine on June 5th. Moving over to Major League Soccer, alongside the U.S. Open Cup, there were three games played on Wednesday on the West Coast, which kept Ivis up way too late having to watch all of these. Uh, the first one, LA Galaxy. Defeated Real Salt Lake one to zero, and I was Galaxy must have listened to the last show when I said everything was doom and gloom for the Galaxy because just like that, back to back wins, they're back in business. Try to tell you, man, come on, how are you gonna doubt the Galaxy? How are you gonna doubt Bruce Arena? It was all, it was all good, man. So you gotta you can't you can't get all crazy now. 
because they they're not worried about it. They're not they, as French Montana would say, they ain't worried about nothing. They 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 got they got their 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 trophy case full of MLS cups. They know they can turn it on. And look, Robbie Keane's back, and uh, they're ready to roll, man. They, I think they're gonna hit their stride right now. And the Portland Timbers defeated DC United one to zero. On one hand, you get the win. On the other, you get Will Johnson back. But more importantly, Ivis Portland's first win in almost two months at home. No, it's it's big, and they needed it. They absolutely needed a win at home. Uh, I know the fans, uh, the natives are getting restless. The fans of Portland are not happy with the fact that that they're at the bottom of the uh, uh, of the Western Conference. I mean, here's a team that you know they had a lot of high hopes for, and and, and myself myself included. I mean, I, I had them rated pretty highly. Um, they've had their issues, but I mean, it's easy to forget again. They didn't have Valeri. They only just got Will Johnson back. Uh, so I think it's, a, it, it was a little surprising, uh, to see that there, you know, I think there was a banner on display at Providence Park and kind of alluding, uh, kind of alluding to the fact that they are out of playoff position. I know Caleb Porter, but, but by, from what I'm hearing, Kay, uh, our, our SBI's Caitlin Murray was there covering it for us. And, and, and she, she wrote, you know, tweeted about it. Porter wasn't happy about the, about the sign. He didn't give it too much play, but look, fans have, they have every right to voice their displeasure. If they're not happy with results. I mean, that's, that's part of it. That's, that's putting the pressure uh, on a team to, to get better and to do better. And you know what, Th- this can be the kind of win uh, you win at home and you get Will Johnson back. Um, obviously, Valeri uh, was hurt again, so he may have to miss this week. You, you like to hope he can get back on the field. But if once they get Valeri and Johnson back rolling and mm. in their lineup, they, I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to turn it around. Um, but yeah, Timbers fans, it, it seems are are, are are feeling the heat a little bit. Uh, in the final game, Seattle Sounders defeated the Colorado Rapids one to zero. Marco Papa with the goal in this match, and uh, I was, I mean, overall, you know, pretty decent performance from Colorado. They they lost, but they were able to hold back um, Seattle. Seems to if only scoring one goal. I mean, that just seems bizarre when Seattle doesn't score more than you know two, three, four goals in a match. Well, well, first of all, the first half was atrocious. I mean, the first half for Colorado. Colorado was a. They were just. It was awful. They were. I mean, they look. They look like the U twenty threes wearing purple, uh, wearing Rapids uniforms. I mean, that's how bad they look. Um, and Seattle. I mean, I tell you what, man. Seattle. You can count themselves a little lucky from the in the sense that this really felt felt like it was going to be one of those games where one team dominates but doesn't open up the lead and then pays for it with a late goal. They managed to avoid that, but they. I mean, the way they dominated in that first half. To only be up 1-0 at halftime. I mean, I can't imagine C. Schmidt was happy about that. But listen, they got the W. They're, they're, Seattle's rolling. And uh, I tell you, it's gonna, they're going to be tough to stop. Yeah, we didn't have an opportunity to talk about this, but congratulations to Chris Wondolowski, who just scored his 100th goal in Major League Soccer history. That was in a 1-1 draw against Orlando City. And uh, I was Chris Wondolowski is now the ninth player in MLS history to have 100 goals. It's crazy, man. Congrats off to Wondolowski, and it's a credit to uh, the career that he's had and, and the way he's been able to turn it around. I mean, it's easy to forget the guy started out the first few years of his career. He was a role player. He was a bench player. Uh, and then he went from Houston to, to uh, San Jose and just completely exploded as one of the top goal scorers in the in the in the league and and when you look at that list of, of all-time goal scorers, I mean, it's going to be a while, I think, before we see another 100 goal scorer. Uh, I don't know who's going to be the next guy. It's it's uh, it's a long way off, I think. Uh, look real quickly, I was looking at the list of guys who scored 100 goals. Kenny Cooper, I think, is the next best opportunity with 75 goals. I think you can well, make it. He's next on the list. Doesn't mean he's the next best opportunity. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest now. I mean, 
I mean, to be fair, yes, Kenny Cooper has been known to be on and off. One year he's he's invisible. The next year he scores 18 goals. So I don't know if he has I don't know if he has any left though. I mean, I, I, any big years left in him? I, th- I think that's going to be tough. Yeah, I'm looking at it. It just looks bleak, man. Unless Robbie Keane plays for another 10 years, maybe, maybe that could be it. Maybe he could be the next one. 10 years? God, five years he could do it. Yeah, he's 55 so far. 55 goals. Yeah, let's look at that. Saborio. Yeah, I don't know if any. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's Kamara, Kai Kamara. Maybe he's 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 on fire right now. He's not. He's only thirty. He's probably the. You know what? He's a he's a guy. I mean, if he doesn't end up going back, um, and that's the tough part, right? I mean, you get forwards if they if they get real real red hot, they they they're, they're going to play out their contracts. They're going to go to Europe, or then maybe they get transferred. Um, it's gonna be tough, man. Hey, maybe like someone like Dom Dwyer. Yeah, I was gonna say Dom Dwyer. If he if he stays, probably. But he's not staying. I mean, he's someone who I just think is. Of course, gonna end he's, up going he's gonna get the call up to the England national team any day now, and then from there his life will take off even further. He's playing for the U.S. Come on, man. Are you kidding? You think? Look, hey, he he's married now to Sydney Larue. I mean, he's he's look, man. He's gonna be in the U.S. Give him another year. He'll be in the U.S. uniform. Okay. All right. Uh, and he's only twenty four. Which is crazy to think how young he is, and uh, yep. and he's and he's married already. Threw his life away. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, congrats, man, Dwyer. I mean, hey, you married Sidney Rue. You could you could do a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. Yeah, Sydney, you got Sidney Rue. You got uh, her yeah. dog. Her dog boss. Cool dog. All right, all right, all right. Okay, I was moving on. Speaking <laughs> of San Jose earthquakes with Chris Wondolowski, we tangent there. We're supposed to keep it on the schedule. Your boy Franco Panizo broke this that San Jose will host the 2016 All-Star Game in their beautiful new stadium. You know, that area, Ivis, in the summer, I mean, that's perfect. Yes, sir. I love it. We'll, we'll be hanging out. We'll be go, go chilling out. We'll go chill out at Stanford, you know, do it up over Palo, Palo Alto over there. No, but, uh, you know, you know credit, uh, credit to Franco. He, uh, he broke that one. And, and I got to say, I mean, it, it is disappointing that they didn't give, give them this year's uh, All-Star Game. I don't know what happened. I don't know what went down. I don't know what the problem was. But, I mean, no offense to Colorado, but if you just opened the San Jose Stadium, this beautiful brand-new stadium, why would you wait a whole other year and then have an All-Star game in, Col- in Colorado again? You've already done the All-Star at Dick's, at Dick's Sporting Goods uh, Stadium Park. Why, why do it again? So, for me, I think I think they missed the boat on that. They should have had it in San Jose, San Jose this year and then in Orlando next year. That's what they should have and a few final things before we wrap up the SBI show. Carlo Ancelotti is fired from Real Madrid. Uh, it looked like the scapegoat. I was pretty unfair to him, but the reality is when you don't win titles, that's just that's just what happens. What a difference a year makes. The guy was walking on water a year ago when he helped them win their 10th Champions League, and now he's out of a job, and it's looking like it's going to be uh, – <laughs> what was the old, the, the old name for him uh, on the chosen one, the special one? Did you used to watch the special one? No. The Spanish waiter was his name. Rafa Benitez was his nickname, uh, the Spanish waiter. Looks like he's going to get the job. Uh, I was hoping that it would be Jurgen Klopp, but it looks like more likely Liverpool possibly for Jurgen Klopp. So that, you want to keep an eye out for that one. Uh, keeping it in Spain, Sevilla has won their fourth Europa League title. Uh, congratulations to them, Ivis. You know, Spain just has what it takes to win titles. It's big. Not only is it big because they repeated as Europa League champions, but they secured a Champions League berth. Uh, they, now that the rule has changed, now that the Europa League winner gets a Champions League place, 
Sevilla is going to the Champions League, and that means five La Liga teams will be competing in the Champions League. And uh, I'm I'm very interested to see if Sevilla can keep that group together. If they can keep uh, if they can keep their manager, if they can keep uh, Carlos Baca, the Colombian striker who was on fire in the final. Uh, they're great. They look. I you know watch anyone who watched La Liga this year. They were a fun team to watch all year. Quality, quality team that that spends a fraction of what the powerhouses spend. Uh, they're going to be fun to watch next year. Also, former ML, excuse me, former Chicago Fire manager and New York Red Bull manager Juan Carlos Osorio has been hired as Sao Paulo's new head coach. Ivis, big, big job for my man Juan Carlos Osorio. Uh, full disclosure, a uh, good friend of mine, uh, former Red Bulls coach, former Fire coach. Uh, I, I still say to this day that he got a bit of a raw deal in MLS, and and I think uh, I think I said I said it on Twitter. I've said it before. I think if he if he would have been able to be in MLS with a good GM, if, if you would have put him with a Garth Lagerway or or someone who who knew what they were doing, uh, building a team, uh, he would have won. He would have won a few MLS cups. I mean, I re- I really think as a as a coach, the guy is top notch, and we've seen it now since he's left MLS. I mean, he won everything there was to win in Colombia, killed it in Colombia, and now he's going to Sao Paulo, uh, one of the truly truly historic clubs in Brazil. Well, Ivis, that wraps up today's SBI show. Before I let you go, anything else we need to, to, to break down on today's episode? Uh, no, I mean, we can, real quick, as far as MLS in the past weekend, we're not going to talk about last weekend's games because it's kind of you know water under the bridge. But, hey, credit to Philadelphia. They're, they're starting to turn it up a little bit. They've won two in a row, two straight shutout wins against D.C. and the Red Bulls. Who would have saw that coming? Uh, credit to Jim Curtin for for keeping that team together and keeping them from completely falling apart after their their slide. And then CJ Sepong, who came back from from his issues, obviously he he had the DUI and he was suspended. He came back, scores a goal in his first game back. I mean, this is I mean this is a good kid. This is a good kid made a mistake and and I think he's learned from it. So it's going to be good to see how he handles himself going forward. But that, I thought for me, Philly and then Montreal, man, Montreal impact. Watch out, two in a row. I said it after the Champions League, the CONCACAF Champions League. Everyone's dogging on Montreal, but they're a better team. Watch out for Montreal, and they're starting to heat up. Yeah, but come on, Ivis. It's easy to dog on Montreal, and it's you know it's everyone's favorite pastime. I mean, come on, man. Hey, not if you've been there. Once you go to Montreal, I think you have a different too. This Montreal, guy, me, me, this guy. I go you there fall once, in love I with love every it. city I, you go to. I do not. I, look, yes, you do. Some, there's some yes, cities you that do. I can say I love. I love Portland. I love Montreal. I love DC. I love Philly. I love Chicago. DC, I love Seattle. Why, there you go. LA. You, I love LA. Uh, yeah. So other than in KC, I love KC. Yeah. So other than those, that's <laughs> it. I think that's it. That's a lot of cities. <laughs> it's a lot of cities. If you love DC, why don't you come down and hang out with me, crash the wedding? You didn't give me enough notice, man. Oh, you got to give me notice. I need a uh, look. If I was a single guy, I could drop everything on a dime, and 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 you could give me like an hour's notice. <laughs> But, you know, when you're married with kids, you know, your kids have soccer games and soccer practice. And I need a full week's notice if I'm going to pull off any kind of trips or moves. Oh, my gosh. That sounds depressing. Well, hey, you I'll, gotta I'll, be there, I'll be there soon enough. Once, my friend, and then you'll and then you'll have that uh, the ball and chain. Yeah. My, yeah. Oh, my God. My, my fiance <laughs> already did met, real quickly. She looks at me and she goes, her sister, her sister's husband apparently grabbed drinks with some guy like two days after they got married. And Boy. my fiance said that to me like it was a trap question, like to see what my reaction would be. And I was like, I don't see what the problem is with that. She went, huh, okay. I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? I, I can That's sense it. I, was, I can <laughs> sense it. Well, listen, now you know. And look, for those for the people who missed it, Garrett went to the wedding of his future sister-in-law 
uh, over the weekend. So he got it kind of it was kind of like a dress rehearsal for him yeah. uh, to learn from the mistakes of, of this wedding and hopefully apply <laughs> them over. But it, it, it carries over to, to the to everything. Listen, one on one marriage, marriage one on one, you get married. You don't. You want to wait a while before you start going out, hanging out with the buddies. Like you got to give the wife a week, uh, a week or <laughs> a couple of weeks of of you know settling into married life. I mean, if you're two days away, two days after your wedding, you're already like, hey, honey, I'm gonna go grab drinks. Not setting a good tone. So I already feel that, like that's it. advice for you, and that's advice for all you young listeners who are about to get married or thinking about getting married. Uh, don't. But if you're going <laughs> to, no, I'm just kidding. If you're going to get married, just remember that little bit of advice for after you get married. I was like excited for it now, but now I'm like freaking out, Ivis. I mean, I'm going to be more whipped than I already am. I don't think that's possible. Oh, man. <laughs> no, just kidding. Jeez. It's gradual. It's gradual. You're, you're already on your way. By the time you, listen, by the time the wedding comes, you'll, you, you, you'll be desensitized to it anyway. You oh, won't care. Oh, God. There'll be faint remnants of, of, of party Garrett uh, floating around your head. <sighs> Too sad. Too sad. All right. Look, 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 don't worry. I'll, I'll get. I'll come down to Arizona because uh, I am the best man, and I'll and I'll, and I'll do. You know, I'll handle a bachelor party, and it'll be good. We'll, we'll have a good time. Oh, God, <laughs> I'm not the best man, folks. Just so you guys know, he broke it. To, Garrett broke it to me. I'm, I'm sorry, man. I've accepted it. I've accepted it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've, I'm going to name Alexi Lawless as my best man. I mean, you know, my long lost father will come to my wedding and support me. That that's. I think that's the plan. I thought Jason Christ was your best man. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, Evis. With that, you uh, you have a good night, man, and uh, and I'll talk to you later. And yes, uh, and uh, enjoy your night, man. That's right. Wait, hey, 24 hours from now, we will do another show. We have to catch up. I know people are, are are wondering what's going on. We keep missing shows, but we are getting back on the horse. We're getting back on track. Uh, so, for those of you who've kind of lost faith. And those of you who haven't lost faith, because obviously if you're listening, you haven't lost faith. Thanks for keeping the faith. We will deliver. We will get back on track. Yes. Agree with everything I just said right there. I mean, (laughs) you're struggling. I know. Uh, I'll talk to you later, buddy. See ya. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. If you feel so inclined, you are more than welcome to give Ivis and I a review on iTunes. Just search SBI Show. You don't have to give us a five, but you can give us a five if you want. You can also, and we also appreciate all the comments uh, on the website. That is Ivis Glarsep. I am Garrett Cleverly. This is the SBI Show.